Episode 126 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks, offering a month of unrestricted use totally free right now, and you do not need a credit card for that trial. To claim your free month, simply go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. Hi, I'm Todd Henry, author of Louder Than Words, Harness the Power of Your Authentic Voice. One of my favorite voices belongs to this guy. It's Jeff Brown and the Read to Lead podcast. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now here's Jeff. Hi, and welcome to the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where, of course, the topic of leadership is often central to our discussion. We also, though, talk about things like personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. And in the interests of full transparency, I want to let you know that today's episode, episode 126, was originally slated to feature Adam Braun. Adam is founder of the four-purpose company Pencils of Promise and also author of The Promise of a Pencil, How One Ordinary Person Can Create Extraordinary Change. I say he was slated to be today's featured guest until our interview was lost forever. I don't know exactly how that happened. Uh, It's the first time it's ever happened to me in the history of Read to Lead. I guess it was bound to happen eventually. But our 32-ish minute conversation uh, has has disappeared. Maybe our editorial calendar will allow us to get Adam back on the show sometime in the not-too-distant future. So in lieu of that, I've decided today to do something that I wasn't actually planning on doing for several weeks called an Ask Me Anything episode. I've been soliciting for the last several weeks in the Read to Lead Facebook group questions from those in the group centered around the topics that we talk about here each and every week. So we're going to feature some of those listener questions today that I'm going to answer here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to congratulate Ernie Lansford. Who's that, you ask? Well, Ernie is a dedicated listener to Read to Lead. And he and I connected a while back on Facebook. He messaged me recently and said, hey, Jeff, what's that What's that special URL if I want to sign up for FreshBooks cloud accounting software? He said, I'm going to sign up and my yard guy is going to sign up too. Well, FreshBooks is sponsoring Read to Lead currently, and they are offering a month of unrestricted use to everyone, totally free right now. And you don't even need a credit card to take advantage of this free one-month trial. To claim your free month, do what Ernie did. Go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead, and then enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. I'm not sure as a business owner what I would do without FreshBooks. It is a lifesaver. In fact, I recently came to the realization that I am not leveraging FreshBooks and its features nearly enough. FreshBooks is extremely simple, even if you're not a numbers person. And I would go so far as to say, especially if you're not a numbers person. Again, you can take advantage of that free month-long trial right now, just like Ernie did. 
by going to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. That's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And be sure to enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. And now on to our questions. The first one comes to us from Travis. Hey, Jeff, this is Travis from com. I just wanted to say thank you for your show. Totally enjoy hearing everyone that you interview and um, diving into questions with them a little deeper than oftentimes most podcasts go. So anyways, I just wanted to say thank you so much. And question is, what do you think about listening to audiobooks and podcasts at faster than regular speed? I found myself, usually my default is like 1.6 to 1.8 times speed in my podcast addict app. And yeah, just wondering if you think, you know, what some of the downfalls are. I know you maybe don't pick up everything that they're sharing, but I do find I can listen to a lot more episodes in the same amount of time while commuting and so forth. So I appreciate your response and what you might suggest and any things I might be needing to think about. Thanks so much. You have a great day. Bye. Well, thank you, Travis. And I'm probably not the typical test case for something like this. I'm I'm a bit of an audiophile, an audio snob, I might go so far as to say. And I rarely ever think about listening to podcasts at a faster speed. Some apps don't even offer that. Many of them do. But for me personally, I like to listen at, at regular speed. However, if you are looking uh, to squeeze more in a finite period of time, listening to podcasts at a faster speed, of course, like you mentioned, is a great way to do that. And the great thing is, is our brains are capable of working much faster than our mouths. And so I honestly don't think, depending on the speed, that you really miss all that much in the process. So Travis, if you like to squeeze more podcasts in in less time, then I say go for it. I think it's always fun to hear what your favorite podcast host might sound like were they a chipmunk. So more power to you. Our next question comes from Keith. Hey, Jeff. This is Keith Ledig, host of the Super Smart Guy podcast. My website is www.supersmartguy.com. So I'm a reader as well, and I like to do book reviews like you do. But I have an issue, a problem with trying to remember everything I read. I find that I have to reread a book more than once to get all of the content from the book. I have to resort to Googling book reviews to actually trigger things that I've read in the book, memories from my reading. And the other problem I have is I'm a very slow reader. I'm self-diagnosed with dyslexia. I read words that have similar structure and I confuse words. So reading is a struggle for me. So I try to use audiobooks as often as possible. Yes, I'm an audible.com avid subscriber. And so anytime I can get the book on audio, I do. Now, here's the problem. When I'm reading in a paper book, a hard copy, I'll highlight the heck out of it and write notes in the margins. Now, for Kindle books, it's a little bit more challenging, but they do offer a highlighting feature as well as a um, uh, note taking. But for audiobooks, forget about it. I have to like hit stop and then record a, a note or write something down. So how do you take notes? How do you remember all that information from these books? Thanks. Great question, Keith. And the short answer is I don't remember everything I read. I write 
most things down in a notebook that I've set aside especially for that purpose. So I'm going back to the same notebook again and again. And the first thing I do is I write the title of the book and the name of the author at the top of a new page, and that's where I begin. And I'm taking notes uh, specifically on things that I want to implement into my life and business, or maybe the author is asking questions, and I want to be able to refer back to my answers to those questions at a later time. The rest of my reading is really about the synthesis of it all, if that makes sense. I'm reading really for how the ideas that are being expressed impact my own thinking and my own worldview along the way. And often I'm reading more for that reason than for remembering specific data or facts. Audible is great for when I'm behind the wheel and and can't otherwise read but would like to, especially on long trips. But otherwise, I've got that notebook with me used just for this purpose, and I'm physically writing the things down that I want to remember. So there's two benefits to that. I think the physical act of writing things down increases the likelihood that you're going to remember. And of course, the obvious is if you don't, then you've written it down and you know where to go to find that information. Those two things are critical for me. Great question. All right, the next question comes from Doug. Hey, my name is Doug from Franklin, Tennessee, and I've been a listener of the Read to Lead podcast since the very first episode. Jeff, my question for you is how do you manage to juggle all the books that you read? I have a hard time doing just one a month, but yet you're reading books every week. Do you speed read? What's your tip for juggling it all? Thanks for your question, Doug. It's all about intentionality as far as I'm concerned. And so what I try to do, usually first thing in the morning, is carve out, actually schedule time uh, for reading. That's often about an hour at a minimum. Uh, It's not always in the morning, but more often than not it is, regardless of the time of day. I actually put it on my calendar and set aside that time, dedicate that time so that nothing else can get scheduled during that time. I also like to use an app called uh, Pomodoro Time, available in iTunes, and I believe it's available for Android as well, if, if not that exact app. Uh, you can certainly uh, find an equivalent Android option, I'm sure. It's based on the Pomodoro technique. Think of it as a digital timer. I set it for 25 minutes, at which time the app lets me know that it's time to take a break. I take a break for five minutes, and then I go back to doing reading or whatever that activity is for another 25 minutes. The point being, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, or 50 or 55 minutes on and five minutes off, whatever the increment is. Pomodoro technique Setting that timer simply helps me to stay focused during that time that I have set aside for reading. Doug actually asked a second question on behalf of his wife, who does quite a bit of public speaking, and asked me to recommend if I could pick one book to help her get better at public speaking, what would that be? And if I had to pick just one on that topic, I would probably pick Steal the Show by Michael Port, who's been on this show a couple of times and most recently to talk about that very book. So I'll put a link to that episode and to Michael's book in the show notes for today's episode. Thanks, Doug. Next up is Marcus. Hello, Jeff. I am Marcus Kusi. Um, I'm a member of your Facebook group. I uh, help newlyweds adjust to marriage life and inspire married couples to improve their marriage at ourpeacefulfamily.com. My question for you today is about failures and success. As an entrepreneur, what has been your biggest failure or success as an entrepreneur in the last six months with your business? Thank you. Well, Marcus, you ask a very, very tough question, at least uh, for the failure side of the equation. And I have to say, for me, and if I, again, 
total transparency here, like I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Uh, for me, it's been not delivering yet, not executing yet on read to lead university. You, you've probably heard me mention that in the past. I haven't mentioned it in a while. Uh, I've been late on it. I've been sort of, uh, as my mother used to say, hemming and hawing. I've done some backpedaling. I've started questioning whether or not it's the right thing to do, et cetera, et cetera, talking myself out of it and talking myself into it and then out of it again. And so if I were to pick a singular failure from the last uh, six months, I would say it's not launching Read to Lead University in January or early February like I'd originally intended a membership site designed specifically for listeners of Read to Lead and designed to help you go from intentionality to implementation, which, of course, when that happens, presents the opportunity uh, for transformation. In fact, transformation can only happen when you're actually implementing on what you're learning and when you're actually implementing on the ideas that you have. And so many of us get just stuck in that intentionality phase. And, and talk about a challenging thing to admit when you're trying to create a community for your listeners that helps solve a problem that you yourself are still working through. And, and just that alone, recognizing that for me was like, well, do I have any business launching Read to Lead University when I'm still you know, struggling with that, at least in this area, myself? Uh, many other ways, I haven't struggled with that at all, like with the podcast and putting it out for, for as long as I have. So many people stop after just a few episodes. So there's plenty of things I've done that I'm proud of. And if I were to speak to successes, I would say it's Read to Lead, the podcast, uh, and, and just the reception it's gotten the last few years. I'm as proud of that as anything I've ever done. But the failure would be in not getting Read to Lead University launched yet. So maybe you, Marcus, along with some others in the private Facebook group, can can light a fire under me, as they say, and, and get me moving on that. I certainly will try and deliver on that uh, in the coming weeks as best I can. The next question is from John. Hello, I'm John P. Smith, Jr., and I'm a corporate trainer and Marine Corps veteran who recently started a podcast called Please Finish Your Book. And the website is pleasefinishyourbook.com. <laughs> My question is about best practices for getting your family and friends to join and support you on your new endeavors. I have a huge family. After leaving the Marine Corps, I got into the classroom corporate training industry, and I've been here for 26 years now. Ever since I started this new endeavor, in this case, it's podcasting, approximately 95% of people who listen and support the show are all people that I don't know yet, which is great. However, I've sent messages and texts and social media and emails and phone calls to family and friends, and only about 1% have responded and have listened. My show is free. I'm not asking for money. I don't know, owe any money. I'm just asking for their support by listening to the show. Many think it's just a little side hobby. Oh, it's just John doing that little thing. They see me as a Marine or still as a corporate trainer, but now I want their support with this project because I've dedicated it to someone that they all know and loved, my mom. I have hundreds of family members. So what are your suggestions or best practices for getting the ones you love to take you seriously when you decide to do something major in your life that's completely different than what they've ever seen you do, such as a new business. Thank you, Jeff. Well, John, I'm not sure how long you've been doing the podcast, but one of the best pieces of advice I can give you there is to be consistent and not to give up, to keep producing content week after week after week. If your family hasn't seen yet that you're serious about it, they certainly will as time passes. At the same time, I don't know that I would necessarily hang your hat 
on your family's involvement. Um, maybe maybe there's a cultural thing there that I'm not aware of, uh, but I will say in, in the case of my family, the only person that I know of, and my family may not be as large as yours, but the only person I know of who, who listens to my podcast on a regular basis, who's a member of my family, is my younger brother, Darren. Uh, and that's mainly because uh, Darren is in a position uh, to benefit from the kind of content I'm creating, whereas many of my family members, um, the content would not necessarily appeal to them based on on where they are. My brother is the chief technology officer at a at a at a very well known uh, U.S. company. He finds a lot of the information we discuss on the podcast uh, valuable and informative, and listens in part for that reason. But it's it's never really occurred to me to put an expectation on the rest of my family, my my wife even, my my parents, my in-laws, my sister and others to listen to the podcast. I will say uh, that when I launched it, and I would encourage this of you as well, that I ask anyone and everyone, friends, family alike, who had an Apple ID to log into iTunes and leave a rating and a review and hopefully a, a very nice rating and review after listening to a couple of episodes. So I think at the very least, your family could probably do that. Uh, and uh, that would be a, a fantastic uh, shot in the arm for your podcast. But unless you're creating content specifically for them, unless everybody in your family desires to write a book, then the content you're creating may just not appeal to them. And, and that's okay. I think you have to let that go. That doesn't mean, I don't think, that they're not proud of you or that they don't uh, support you. I think the most important thing is to continue to create value for those that be they members of your family, personal friends, or complete strangers. Those people who are listening are the people who this is for to begin with. So keep doing it for them. All right, got time for one more question, and this one is from Cheryl. Hey, this is Cheryl, and I was wondering about your wife. Does she share your love of reading? And if so, what's the number one book that you couldn't wait to recommend for her to read? <laughs> well, she doesn't read um, as often as, as I do, and when she does, it's often uh, fiction. But I have recommended uh, a couple of books over the last two or three years while doing the Read to Lead podcast. One of those was The Happiness of Pursuit by Chris Gillibo, who I'm quite fond of. He also wrote The $100 Startup and has a new book coming out any day now called Born for This. And I hope to have Chris uh, back on the show. I've also recommended to her The Art of Work by my friend Jeff Goins, who has been on the show more than any other guest, a total of three times thus far. But most recently, Cheryl, I recommended a book called Living Forward by Daniel Harkavy and Michael Hyatt. This book walks you through creating a life plan, and in the case of spouses, encourages them to read it individually, creating their own life plans and taking and setting aside a full day, crank that out once you've gone through the book, and then coming together as a couple and combining your life plans and seeing where the, the congruencies are, the overlap is, and, and, and just being intentional. Again, it goes back to that word, being intentional about how you live your life. We're, we're intentional when it comes time to planning a vacation. We think about the destination, and then we start working backwards uh, from there. We think about planning a wedding, and, and most people spend several weeks doing that, but most of us don't spend hardly any time at all 
planning our lives. And the point of the book is to be intentional about life planning as you are about these other things. And so that's one that Annie and I are currently reading together uh, for the purpose of developing our own life plans and then combining those into one Jeff and Annie life plan. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And be sure to join us in the coming weeks when we talk about topics like leadership development and mindfulness, among others. Don't forget to visit our sponsor, freshbooks.com slash read to lead to take advantage of that month-long trial. And be sure to enter read to lead in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Ratings and reviews are encouraged, not only of family members, but complete strangers as well. If you have an Apple ID, you can go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes and leave a rating and review there. Otherwise, Stitcher is always a good place, readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.